I still think that we're going to be on track to building the healthiest homes and offices, hopefully in the world. Um, I think it's just getting involved with more research in how architecture can help people. Welcome to Talk Design Show, where creatives have conversations. I'm Adrian Ramsey, your host, and having lived a life of design myself, I wanted to share with you the creatives that inspire me and in turn may inspire you. Thank you for listening and please enjoy. My guest on Talk Design today is Corey Walker. Corey is an architect who focuses on wellness and he's based in Venice Beach, California. Um, wouldn't we all like to be based there? Um, his focus is on designing healthiest homes and offices. He's um, been licensed in California, 10 years of experience, and he's the founder of Walks Studio. And we'll put all those details up about Walks Studio and stuff on talkdesign.show at the, um, so you'll be able to find out how to reach out to Corey. Uh, look, if you're in Venice Beach and it's the weekend, just take a wander and you'll probably see him playing beach volleyball down there as well. It's one of his things. So, Corey, I'd like to welcome you to Talk Design. It is an honor to have you here. I love your energy. I love your passion. Um, thanks for being here, man. Yeah, thanks, Adrian. Glad to be here, man. Um, I'm going to just kick off with some questions. Maybe, maybe my very first one might be... Um, Tell me how you came to be in Venice Beach, because that's an envious position. Well, I mean, you mentioned the beach volleyball thing, and uh, I just had to be like near the epicenter of beach volleyball and do architecture and all the other things I'm passionate about. But really, like the beach is so attractive here, and it's it's one of the biggest Olympic uh, spots for beach volleyball in the world. So being here and just being exposed to such a high level of things and creativity in LA is, is kind of got it all here. So, yeah. Nice so place. with the, with the beach volleyball, you're a player, obviously. Um, how much does it raise your game being around people that are that good? I mean, like just to put it in perspective, like people like the, the Chinese and Japanese Olympic team travels yeah. to like Venice Beach and Manhattan Beach where I live to to train with the locals. So it is it's really like kind of a world epicenter of it. So um yeah it's it's really nice being around the best. It it brings your game up. So like what? you know you know that's so, that's, I absolutely I was gonna say that's a really fascinating thing. Like we actually have a beach volleyball here in the house somewhere. Um, which is from Natalie Cook, who's a, a Australian, you know, um, gold medalist, beach beach volleyball gold medalist, um, and I've heard her talk several times. But the point of um, it brings your game up is a really key point to me. Like I started my podcast because I wanted to be able to talk to more people who are more passionate. That brings my game up and share those people with others around the world that was that was the whole purpose of it was like how do i these this passion i have for design how do i get to talk to other people who are passionate about it and grow from that and then if 
for me, I go, well, why wouldn't I share that with as many other people as I can? And, you know, we go out to around, I don't know, 50,000 people in the audience. So um, that's kind of cool that we can share like that. And and it raises all of our games. Yeah, I love it. Mm. I love it. I'm a bit of a fan of Venice Beach. Many years I worked in the fashion trade and um, women's swimwear. And so Venice Beach has always been a bit of a stop. For me, I've been, I don't know how many times I've been to Los Angeles, but, you know, it's probably well over 50 or maybe even 100. I don't know. It's a lot. It's like another city that's home to me, um, although I've never lived there. And Venice and uh, Manhattan and, you know, all the way down the coast, that sort of down that side there has always been just, yeah, part of my, part of my travel thing. I actually got engaged in Malibu. There you go. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's awesome. That's very close by. Yeah, yeah, I know, just up the road from you. (laughs) Yeah, it's twenty minutes up the road. Yeah, yeah, and then after that, we um, drove up to Santa Barbara and um, hung around there for a few days in Santa Barbara and stuff, and then kept driving up to Santa Cruz. It's such a beautiful drive. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's a gorgeous part of the world, eh? Like, I mean, LA is a big, mean, well, not mean, big sort of city and it's kind of disconnected and large and busy and And creative it's It's everything yeah yeah Yeah. i love it for everything that's right about it and everything that's wrong about it i love it as well like it's it's a very special environment um so take me on a journey then so you're in you're there and that's where you choose to be and it's got the volleyball and then you go you know what i'm going to start my own practice and i'm going to be known for wellness now there's a and and i get it there's plenty of people in los angeles and in california that are very much based around that you know the whole sort of exercise thing came from that area but um tell me about choosing wellness and what that means yeah for sure um before i answer that i want to mention that the firm was launched last uh, february just before the pandemic and uh it, it couldn't have been a weirder timing right yeah so right we're approaching one year um in the business doing wellness architecture and uh yeah we we chose um wellness because it's such an important part um of our recovery from this pandemic right yep. now and um you know people are are forced to work from home businesses aren't, they don't have their employees in the office, that everyone's at home and everyone's dealing with a whole different uh, set of stresses, working with their spouses and their kids. And, and people, people cope with that differently. Like they're not exercising as much. They might be eating soul food and comfort food to feel better. They might be drinking more. Um, our, our wellness has taken a funky turn. And meanwhile, like people are getting sick. So it's, it's such a relevant topic now. And uh, I think even more relevant when people are called upon to go back to the office, because when they go back to, yeah, when they go back to the office, um, there's going to be all sorts of new stress. Like, Oh my God, I haven't, I haven't worked with people in a year. How's that going to feel? Um, it's going to give me an anxiety attack. Just, it gives me like an anxiety attack. Just thinking about like being around a hundred people 
this busy working, you know? So I think design can answer that call. And there's a way to make spaces kind of accommodate some of that problem and, and relieve stress and make people calmer and more excited to go back to the office than to just return to a dingy office, you know? Yeah. Or home. Yeah. Well, I imagine that, that, that leaves a lot of opportunity as well. Like in the sense of, um, re-imaging maybe is the, is the word or renovating and re-imaging, um, office space. And then also like retail space. Um, that's going to be a really interesting one because, uh, you know, Amazon certainly capitalized on the fact that people are at home. Um, I wonder where they're putting all the stuff they buy as well. That always, <laughs> they're going to, it's going to be a lot of Marie Kondo um, decluttering coming up. <laughs> yeah. People bought stuff. Um, yeah. I wonder where that, wonder where that's all going to, like how it's going to mesh itself together as we, it, well, as, as, as the world heals and um, as it, or the people of the world heal and as they, you know, the fear levels drop and as, as we move forward, you know, you're in Los Angeles and you guys are sort of at the, at the, no, I wasn't going to say the early end you of it. You know, we're at the epicenter of the yeah. problem right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, you, you've ended up where you shouldn't be. If anything, um, America as a nation that is um, with so much um, knowledge and innovation and all the rest of those things should have been one of the countries that came through and was rated, you know, as the, one of the highest in the world on how they dealt with the pandemic. Instead, you're, you know, I saw a rating the other day, New Zealand's number one and America's 94th. Um, and you go, that should have never happened in a country with so many resources and so many amazing minds. Um, it, it should have been a different story. And and so you're in it longer, as essentially. You know, New Zealand's locked down, but, you know, they've almost, locally, they don't know what COVID is. Australia's, you know, they got one case the other day and they locked down a state um, based on one case kind of thing. Wow. You know, they just said, right, we'll close everything off. Didn't lock them down in their homes, that, but they locked down the city. They just locked down down the city um, for one case that came in. And they're just going, what's happening is like when you um, look at the that kind of, it sounds like a massive overreaction. But this massive overreaction that it sounds like is about people's wellness. And so we've we kind of got to do this thing where there's this big spike where we have to treat it with, like, I suppose, ridiculously serious in this, um, it, it, that, that's the, the least that needs to happen so that we can actually get the rest of the journey, which is off the other side of that. And that journey coming down integrates people more quickly in society and integrates mindset, it integrates um, health and wellness. It, it brings people not back to what it was, that's gone. You know, the past yeah. is the past. It's what will it be? And that's one of the things that excites me about what you're doing is, is like um, you're looking forward to the future and going, well, what will we make it? 
you're, you're a part of the, the, the people who are going to change how it looks um, and, and focus on what needs to happen rather than the ones who are just looking to go back to where they were. With, with wellness architecture, some of the things that um, come to my mind is uh, like the Apple headquarters and, you know, Cupertino in um, California there, like those kind of things where they have been aware of this kind of, uh, I suppose, design for a long time. Yeah, de design philosophy, basically. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's that's a good example. I, I truly believe that that space has been designed for wellness. I mean, it's if you look at it, it's just a big circle. It's, yeah. it's a courtyard project with with a beautiful landscape inside that everyone can see and, and escape to if, if they're stressed. I, I think that's actually a, a really good precedent for what we're doing at a mega scale. Yeah, of course, at a very grand scale, but they are that grander company. It's uh, and they're leaders. So I, I, yeah, I like I look at that and I go, well, tell me what you do to bring some of that into. Um, well, let's go this way for somebody who's locked in their apartment. A friend of mine from uh, Australia here is uh, she's in Los Angeles, and uh, the other day she. I saw a post of hers going, I'm outside, um, you know, like she'd actually gone somewhere from her apartment. And uh, she's like, oh, it's such a relief. And she hasn't been locked in there that long. Um, but just, you know, she was had gone. I can't even remember where she'd gone. But anyway, she was out and she was, uh, you know, away from it. And she was just like, oh, it's such a relief and, you know, just a different feeling. So um, tell me some things that you would do, like say to people, like, get on your Amazon account and order some of these things or do something to just improve their wellness space in their own home or apartment. Um, what can they do? Sure. Yeah, I mean, it's cool that you, you started with the, the macro scale, talking about Apple. <laughs> and, and then like, go to the micro scale. <laughs> And now we're going down to the micro and what, what can people do individually in their spaces? Um, I love it. Yeah. Um, so there's a term called uh, biophilic uh, design, yeah. which um, phil is actually the root word for love and bio is nature. And it's really like a love for nature. People, and to explain that a little more, people and are meant to be kind of like in union with nature. And I think one of the biggest things you could do is to get nature inside your home, bring a bunch of plants and take care of them, have them thrive. And I think it will, it will make your mind thrive and you'll be calmer at home because you'll have something natural to look at and, and, and feel like you're in it. And um, that's static nature though. Static nature is, is good for wellness, but even better is dynamic nature. Like taking, taking breaks from work and going in a, a walk in the park is excellent. And if, if, if you're in a place in a position in life where you have a, a view of a tree that's moving outside or birds going into that tree, that's dynamic nature and experiencing that is super healthy to the body and mind. So, I think um, surrounding yourself with nature would be a first step and it's the most 
economically reachable. Mm -hmm. And then we could talk about the next step, which would be like doing architecture. So what are your so, thoughts on that? So with the, um, yeah, it's like interior sort of design almost in that first one, where let's say, for instance, one of the points that, that just stuck when you said it for me there was um, fill it with plants and take care of them so they thrive. And that means like, Taking care of them doesn't mean just putting water in them. You know, it means do they need to be moved? Do they need to be spoken to? Do they need to be dusted? Do they need, what do they need? What are their needs? Like, you know, too often we look at plants and we go, did you water that? Yeah, I watered it. Well, don't overwater it, you know? And, and that's all we ever do for the thing. And I, I think that taking care of it and nurturing it is also giving and in giving, you're giving to somebody, to, to others, and you're receiving yourself. And for everything you give, you'll get back tenfold. Um, you know, it's just the, the law of nature or the law of the farm. You know, you grow a, a piece of corn and it takes one kernel to grow it, but it gives you how many thousands of kernels off the plant. Um, so that that's that beautiful thing about the law of nature that brings those things together and just nurturing something that is um that, that doesn't appear to give back to you it doesn't react to you but if you can nurture that and bring it forward it will it'll thrive um i think that's yeah, I'd really like to, i'd like to add a little bit to that um yeah i mean essentially like yes you should take care of your plants and i love that you expanded on that um but you can also just take care of your space like coming home should be something that you're you're proud of and feels good it should feel good to come home yeah that's right the first first step of wellness yeah okay that's so cool so if you're locked in your apartment you could just walk out in the hallway and then come back in and and, and make sure that you've got that wellness i you know in the architecture sense because i do houses um one of the things there with designing a house, I go, we can influence the whole block of land um, because that's all we can influence. We can't influence the neighbors. So what's our journey that sets us up for our own place? Like what, what is that journey? What do we want it to feel like? Right from the minute we're coming, whether it's on the street or through a gate or whatever, how do we want to step, walk, drive, park? Everything within that space is something that we can influence. What do we want to see? And that is no different from like you're saying, if you've got an apartment or whatever it is at home, there's a transition from their world to your world um, being their world's everybody else and, and your world being your own private or intimate space. There's that transition. And how do you make that transition um, deliver food to you, deliver food to your mind, deliver food to your body. You know, how does that transition happen so that you gain that sense of calmness of, of your mind? I like that. Um, if we go to go into that mindset thing, let's, let's have a little talk around that because it doesn't really matter what space you're in or where you're going to, but mindset is key to how you're going to travel how it's going to be when you get there um and that could be just uh you know shifting from one piece of a room to another or it could be um just yeah i don't know expand on mindset when it comes to this for me 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think I want to relate it back to, I guess, returning back to maybe not returning back, but like, like going back into work and having everyone back together when, when the economy is back on track from this pandemic. Right. Um, I think, I think it's, it's feeling a mindset shift in that, like people are, are kind of scared of going back. Like, is, is that going to be a negative experience for me? And shifting that to something positive, like, oh, wow, like so many people are innovating right now. And so many people have so much to offer that being with them is going to be amazing. And mm -hmm. everyone's going to grow together. And, oh, wow, my company is actually investing in my, our office. And we're making a wellness design office. I'm actually excited to be there. I feel like I'm going to be healthier working from there than working from home. So I think that all of us need to be a little more optimistic about this transition back because it, it can be really nice. It, it should be joyful to, to get back into um, a space and it will be more than likely shifted in the sense of um, layouts and stuff, but it should be joyful to be back into community and all those things. I, I was looking um, yesterday at uh, something in a, you know, somebody was saying how they were kind of like cut off from everything because of, you know, being shut down and stuff. And they're used to a high level of community. And you go, well, if you can't take yourself to a high level of community, bring one to you. And I don't know how many um, companies have done this, but, you know, how many chat groups networking when i say networking i mean into, into office networking and stuff things have companies gone after you know are they having drinks on friday nights are they having you know casual friday or whatever it is what are they doing that's got rhythm that um they had previously and how are they putting those things back to all their people and keeping them connected even though they're not physically connected I haven't come across anything. I haven't looked either, though. So um, I haven't heard of anything that's happening exactly like that. But it's a, it's part of an integration program, I imagine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, another another aspect of mindset, which we were talking about, like just before this call, was, um, you know, like working on your self thoughts. Mm. Like, and because we're at home, and we're, we're kind of stuck in our thoughts sometimes and it's just a stressful environment. Sometimes um, it's good to take a break and do some meditation. And um, I mean, to relate it back to wellness, that's another part of wellness design. Um, and I think that's even, it's going to be in the home. People are going to realize how important meditation is to get through difficult times like this to, to keep a positive mindset. And it takes work every day and it can take you so far when, when you're, when your mindset's right, which we were talking about. Did you want to say anything on that? Yeah, I, I totally agree. Like, um, I think, you know, one of the things that like I picked up from, I don't know whether you know who Chase Jarvis is and you will know who Tim Ferriss is. Um, and I listened to a fair bit of both Chase and Tim, um, is a daily practice and uh when we we're talking before we started this um recording we were talking about how you were saying about 
um, you know, daylight, so sunrise to sunset, and how that's actually physically great for a human being to be um, in that, and also, you know, to experience it outdoors, possibly, if, if you can. But then also this um, daily practice of, uh, you know, I, I have a daily practice, which includes things like I am's, um, which is positive affirmations. Mm-hmm. Um, I have meditation in my daily practice. I have some form of exercise in my daily practice. And they're in a rhythm, these things. They, they happen at similar times. And you know, I say similar because not always at exactly the same time. But you know, make the body move, make the mind um, conscious, and do these things, which means that we stay in a, a state of some state of calm and uh, I want to say control. It's not really control, calmness or, and it's like um, a flow state. Almost. Yeah, you've, yeah, it puts you into flow, and um, it takes you out of just beta mind. Um, you know, your mind works in in beta rhythms, but it drops it to alpha alpha rhythms. And when it goes into alpha, it's more of a creative mind and it's more closely attuned to your subconscious mind. And if you can go. One one thing that um, I've been doing with my meditation, I found that uh, I use the Calm app. I don't know if you've heard of the Calm app. Uh I have. It's pretty cool. I I found that um, LeBron James even leads meditations. Oh really? He's, there he's you a Los Angeles Lakers, right? Yeah. And yeah. Um, this guy will take naps before every game. It's a ritual, and then he'll meditate before every game, before he even touches a ball. So his mind is is right and calm, and like like we we were talking about, and he'll be in the flow state when he gets yeah. in there. There's no yeah. distraction. I mean, I think that's that's the mindset that everyone should be entitled to like to 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 get yourself right before going out the door to live your life you know yeah and make an make an environment around you that nurtures that as well i'm i'm 100 percent with you i love that about lebron um because that he he's switching his mind from beta to alpha so that he is at one with where he's going to be at with the game, with whatever's coming, his peripheral vision will widen, his um, senses will be, all, all the subconscious senses and stuff will be on high alert um, without being burning energy. They're just, they're doing what they do, but they're focused. And that's, that is meditation, I suppose, is that's the idea of meditation is, is to calm the, the noise so that the other can take care of itself so you can really look after your 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 being uh, yeah i really love that i really really love that and that's um he's he's on calm doing that he's yeah. talking on calm yeah, yeah okay i use one called insight timer um as one of mine that i use um but yeah i think that sort of guided meditation thing is is a really really powerful thing and if you've got some daily practices that's a, again another really powerful um, output to have those, and if you look at that and then you go, well, if your daily practice included, you know, um, looking after some of your plants because you've brought that you know biophilic design into your home, um, that would be a really great way of starting out. 
when we blow that out into some bigger architecture, um, tell me some of your vision around that in bigger architecture. Um, and I'll put a little footnote on there. I don't know whether you've listened to it, but I did a podcast with Jamie Jury. Jamie Jury is a horticulturalist and a landscape architect, and um, he's done well enough to be on the Oprah show. He's got a company that works all around the world. Um, Australian, a really, really clever guy, like brilliant. And he talks a lot around this big structure architecture that has um, an integration with horticulture. So, but tell me where you see what you do and um, your clients, uh, whether they be in the commercial space or in the residential space. Tell me what you see evolving there. Yeah, I, I think the two spaces, they, they sound so different, the commercial and the residential. But, you know, when, when you talk about wellness design, it, it kind of affects both of them sort of the same. And I guess when you when you level up from what you can do at home to talking about what you can do with the architecture of a space, um, I mean, there's there's things like access to nature and um, depending on the budget of the project, like you can make a courtyard courtyard buildings like rooting it back to our mega structure, the Apple building yeah. um, is 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 wonderful because it's the whole building is focused around a center or central healing garden, basically. Um, other aspects of it are uh, natural materials. Um, humans are drawn to natural materials. Like we're not drawn to plastics and, and stuff that's, that's man-made. We're actually, we gain a sense of calm when we're around natural woods and um, things without chemicals. Uh, I mean, branching off the chemical talk, um, a lot of building products have uh, VOCs, which mm. are terrible for our health. And mm. as an architect, it's like, it's our responsibility to specify products that, that aren't harmful to the inhabitants. So no VOCs. Like, yeah. People are saying like, oh, specify low VOCs. Why? Like yeah, but, those yeah, shouldn't yeah. even be any, anywhere near us ever. Uh, it's yeah. a political game. Like we don't need those. And it's actually easy to specify products that are healthy. It takes the same amount of time. Um, it, it's like writing, um, you know, when you go to the, the you, you write a shopping list and you go to the supermarket, you know, you could exactly. start with just the word at the top that said organic. And then the rest is just, it falls under that. <laughs> like, yeah. Why oh, wouldn't you? Yeah. That's, that's a really good point. Um, just like organic wellness design is a is it can be a little premium up front and yes like organic vegetables and food is a premium up front but everyone knows that if you eat organic without the pesticides and all the other crap you're gonna you're gonna live longer so you're it, investing in a healthier future where you're gonna live more years sure. so and 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 wellness and biophilic architecture is the same. It's an investment now so that businesses and homeowners can live longer and healthier and more mindful, right? So it's like, yeah. just like that. Um, Do you know, I, I listened to a podcast of um, Chase Jarvis's the other day with, and I can't think of the guy's name right off the top of my head, but he started um, uh, Whole Foods. 
and uh, it's a fascinating podcast because it comes back to that uh, everything we do and everything that's out there is about love and um, is integrating that into it and the, the way they did that with Whole Foods as well. Uh, and and you go to that thing where, yes, it might be a little bit more of an investment, but then also look at your portion size. Also look at, you know, how much are you eating um, and how much do you need to eat um, and look at the quality of things. And I always think this with architecture, you know, big can be beautiful, but small can be, you know, the same budget into a better designed in a smaller space with better finishes and using, you know, like you were just saying, no VOCs. That's what's really beautiful. That's better than big is beautiful. That's big commitment, but it's also it delivers on every level back to you and yeah. constantly delivers at that level. You know, it's it's one of the things I love the clients who who that is so important to them. It, it makes yeah, all the and, difference. And you can take it like even farther. There's all these different topics um, which we all have known about for forever, like um, cross ventilation. Uh huh. Like, it's it's so important to to have openings on both sides of your house or office so that you can you can flush out the bad air and constantly yep. get fresh air because interior air is is I, I I forget the number but I was reading um, last week and I think it's like seventy five percent more polluted than exterior air uh-huh. so you need fresh air to, to you thrive. can say that and you're living in L A man oh man. <laughs> 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 but it's true. But it's true as well. Remember that that polluted air is what came into your house to start with. And it, you know, LA, yes, it does have some pollution issues, but not like it's not that dire. Um, there's it's lots not of leading the world. Sure. No, no, by no means is it leading the world. In fact, it will it will lead the world in things like um, clean air as well. You know, when with like electric cars and stuff like that, California is a very, very proactive state. But when you do that and you go um, flushing it, just renewing it, you know, is such an important thing. I read an article on um, the cleaning of the White House uh, by Joe Biden's cleaning team and uh, the different products and stuff that they would be using to clean it and how they had to do things and da 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 da. And it could, by, by allowing, air into the building, fresh air into the building from, from the, you know, right outside in DC. Um, I think it was something like, I might have this figure wrong, but it might've been like eight hours or something that, that all the building, all the air in that building can be flushed through. Um, and you go, wow, that's pretty impressive that you can renew the air, completely renew the air in that time in that building. So it's an amazing resource to just use fresh air. I always say, you know, we, we, we should work with nature's gifts. So nature gave us a sunrise, it gave us a sunset, it gives us rain, and, and it gives us um, air, and it gives us breeze. Um, and it obviously gives us lots of other things, but those things are the free gifts. You know, those are the things that nobody taxes us on. Um, nobody charges us to get them. If it's going to rain, it's going to rain. If it's going to be sunny, it's going to be sunny. You know, those are our free gifts from nature. And we should be taking those and respecting them and elevating them to the highest purpose in 
any design that we, you know, when pencil touches paper, that's where we should be going. How are we taking, making the most of those and respecting them in any yeah. design process? Yeah, I love it, man. It's like, it's, it's been there uh, it, since the beginning of humanity. Yeah. And uh, now, now we're shielding ourselves from it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, but it's cool to see a shift going back. And it's, I think, it's starting to feel like it's a movement. Yeah, I, I honestly believe that, um, you know, with, with everything has a silver lining. And, man, there's a lot of devastation with the COVID pandemic. In saying that, the silver lining is these kind of conversations that we're having um, and looking towards and creating a future, not just in, in the future, but in the next moment as well. And then the next day and being able to take an action that um, shifts people forward. And it starts with, you know, like you said, mindset, and then also maybe some biophilic, um, or just some indoor planting, we'll call it. And um, yeah. then looking for movement in that indoor planting, I think is a really key thing. So make sure that you find a plant that um, is quite happy to have a draft on it as well. So it's not going to you know, understand your plant well enough not to kill it. And I think always of, um, you know, when we look at totally controlled plants like um, like bonsai and stuff like that as well, where you have to engage with the plant and study it to know how to nurture it. Um, it you know, those kind of things as well are really fabulous. Yeah. You know, just, just as you're saying, like, you got to take care of your plant Think of the plant as you. Like yeah. you need the sunshine. You need the, the ventilation to survive. When your plant looks sick, you might be living in that sick environment. Well, there's a good canary in the coal mine. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Make it thrive and thrive yourself. Yeah. And keep that behavior, uh, you know, above the line. There's no excuses. You, you, you can do enough study and, and um, easily, so easily um, to know that, you know, you can start taking care of something. There's so much information on anything out there um, that you don't have to leave your house for. And you can join groups of other people and create community with that as well, where they already are doing those things. You know, um, I reckon that's a really key point. And then also looking forward, if you if you are going back to an office, looking forward and saying, um, how is my office going to bring these things to it? How is it going to become a part of the future of that office space? Um, whether that's yours or somebody else's is taking personal responsibility and um, and then corporate responsibility as well of, of you know safety and and nurturing of people to make sure those things are part of what's going to happen in the future yeah i i think like when it comes down to offices it all a lot of decisions are based on economics of the office and 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 does it make sense for the business to invest in the wellness design well, and, certainly... um, okay sorry it, it can't it's all good it's it can be a premium for these companies and some of them are afraid to invest like, Oh man, like 
it's an it's it's extra it's it's for it's for the luxurious companies who can afford it but you know what like a lot of these companies they can't afford not to do it because you know i i just did a newsletter uh that came out last friday and the focus it's actually right here (laughs) yeah the, uh, it's called the economics of wellness design. And um, I read this uh, kind of research paper from this company, Terrapin Bright Green. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. Um, yeah, they're in New York. And in, in 2015, they mentioned that um, that wellness design and biophilic architecture can save $2,000 per employee per year. Save. Yeah. Save 2000 Yep. Yes. Um, and that's, that- that's, based, that's based on like employees being absent from work, um, employee yeah. presentee, um, which is employees yeah. being engaged and present while at work. Um, it's the cost of termination when employees oh. just aren't happy with their, with their environment. Um, and then it's the cost of marketing to get the best employees. Like the millennials are out there and they have high demands. Let's be real. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. they want to they want to work in places that are thriving and, and mentally um, inspiring, right? So they want to they want the best stuff and and to be to market to those best employees. This is a strategy, and I mean those, and and actually more of the research I want to share. Um, uh, I, a lot of you are familiar with Noel. Knoll Textiles is an American corporate company. They do carpeting and textiles. They, they mentioned that um, the cost of poor well-being is 25 to 35% of payroll costs. And um, that's direct costs like uh, absentee, disability, workers' compensation, and presentee. But also there's all these like hidden costs which which are, are really hard for scientists to quantify, uh-huh. like engagement and morale. Like you can tell when there's no morale in the company, but how do you put a dollar amount to that? Right? <laughs> and companies That's want to thrive. between survive and thrive. Yeah. Yeah. Companies want to thrive. They want to get back in and they want to thrive. So they want to have good morale. Um, they don't want employees working overtime because they're not present all day because they don't get enough sleep because there's not enough sunlight sunlight to reset their circadian rhythm. Um, so also overstaffing and um, con- customer inconvenience due to bad moods. Yeah. Like, cause they're not in a good mindset. They're not taking care of their wellness. Yeah, And uh, this can lead to turnover and accidents in the office. So, I mean, there's a lot of costs that can be avoided by focusing on wellness. And this is mental and physical. Yeah. And, and, and it obviously ups productivity. It um, creates better products. I, I always think of, you know, a meal cooked by somebody who loves and is passionate about food is going to be a more nurturing meal than the one that's kind of just slapped on a plate to get you fed. Um, and, and, you know, my conversations on when designing homes is, is, you know, I dig into how important that is to a client, like how important is that nurturing space of the kitchen 
Um, how do they see it interacting? Do they have children? At what time will it be a workspace and at what time will it be an entertaining space? What time will it be a teaching space? Um, when it's producing food, it should always be a nurturing space. Um, those kind of things, you know, like, and getting that sense of, it, it, it changes like the day. It changes like the day, that space. It's got to be, it, it's going to have a lot of different moods in it at different times. So, yeah, I love that. I love that whole thing. One of the things that came up when you were saying that was, you know, I reckon probably, what, maybe 15 years ago, something like that, we would see something, you know, or Google offices, it would be in, in some magazine or something, you know, the Google office is this, and it would have this kind of play spaces and stuff like that, that, you know, on one side of it, the economics of it, you go, oh, what, they're using up space where they could seat people to let them lay around in, you know, um, tubes and under yeah. trees. And uh, they were just so far ahead that they were they were the thing that people were going, oh, imagine crazy environments like that. <laughs> you know, well, how could that be? Yeah. Whereas... Well, unproductive. Yeah. Now look at just where these companies like Google and, um, you know, Apple and, and, and these big companies that take that in Look at where their employees are at and their um, their team essentially. Look at how those people are thriving from their Look environment. Their morale. They yeah. they want to be there. They want to be part of this team. Yeah, yeah. And, and don't let it because of it. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, like that that and the upside for those guys, they've got the um, they've got the difference to show people. They can show the the past and the bad, not necessarily bad conditions, but just bland conditions versus the future well they're, they're the now for them and they're looking into the future to go how much more of that can we get how can we create more of that so it's a pretty fascinating space i love that it's something that you're embracing so much um and i i look at it and just go it's uh it's something that as people who have uh i don't know whether we've earned the right we must have earned the right if we're still getting work um, people who have dedicated their passion to creating spaces for others, which is interior design, you know, architectural design, building design, all these people, we have a responsibility yeah. to actually see this um, as not a fad, not, a, you know, a now thing. This is a responsibility that needs to be integrated into everything um, that we touch and do. You know, you look at some of the great architecture in the world and it does it so beautifully. I don't know whether you've been to Singapore, but Singapore is a really um, biophilic city. Like it yeah. is incredible. Yeah, I haven't. It's on the list, man. Yeah. As soon as you're allowed to travel there again. Um, yeah. <laughs> The uh, there's a, the the gardens in um in Singapore, uh, obviously the outdoor gardens, but also there's these great big domed um gardens, internal gardens, in in the city, and they are now I believe in the top. I think it's the. They're certainly the top tourist attraction in Singapore. Pretty sure that's right, but they're in the global top tourist attractions. Wow. And they are—they've got waterfalls. Like I've been, they've got waterfalls that 
you know, full sort of like five stories and stuff like that through the center of these massive glass domes. And they've got environments in there from all different parts of the world. You go from shivering to feeling hot to whatever in this massive man-made environment, but it carries everything everything like it carries all sorts of exotic plants as well as regular plants and um yeah it is it is a treat it is an absolute you know, treat that makes me that makes me think about uh amazon headquarters in seattle um yeah they have the spheres i don't know if you're yep. familiar with yep, the I am. yep they're biospheres they're they basically recreated the rainforest in snowfall and rainy seattle and um it's actually not open to the public. It's, oh, it's um, employee I friend, only. I have a friend who works at Amazon and he let me in for a tour. It's actually, um, it's for the employees. Yeah. It's for them to go and have meetings in and reset and, and, and heal them. It's actually like their, their push on wellness architecture. So Amazon's pushing for it and they're doing a new one in Dallas by MBBJ. Um, which is coming up. It looks real funky. They're taking it to the next level, but uh, yeah, they're, they're leading as well. Um, and if you have a chance when you're in Seattle, go check that out. I'll get, yeah, you, a, absolutely. I'll get you a pass. Yeah. Well, I'll be, when, when we can travel again, I'll be back in the States in a heartbeat. I've, I've got a lot of friends in the States and um yeah, I, I like to get back there and I've got a few different ones that I'd love to do. I'd love to do that. I've got great friends who live in Seattle as well. Um, that's awesome. I'm going to look up the one in Dallas as well because uh, what they're looking at doing there. It, it's pretty fascinating just that um, it's so easy for us to integrate this and it's so easy for us to just make little shifts and step by step into a future space. And I would just say, you know, to people, if they're looking to hire somebody um, to work with them on their spaces, whether it be commercial or residential, certainly, you know, if you're in Corey's area, reach out to Corey. And if you're not, reach out to somebody who this is an important factor to them because it's going to create a better life for you. And yeah, look for those cues on their website and look for those cues on their um, marketing that tells you that those are the people that uh, are engaged in this. I think it's a really, really important um, looking forward to our future of, uh, of, of our hum as humans thriving on this planet. Um, and it makes a lot of consciousness, which I think is really cool. Really, really cool. Um, so tell me... Um, one last kind of question where do you see your practice in uh three years and then five years yeah for sure um i still think that we're going to be on track to building the healthiest homes and offices hopefully in the world um i think it's just getting involved with more research in how architecture can help people um, and that's the three-year mark, like integrating more research and, and getting, getting clients, getting just better clients who, who really understand that and can help get the message out, who can in turn reach more clients. 
um, who 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 want to better their lives and better other other people's people's lives. So it's just getting getting the right circle set up. And the three year mark from now will be four years in business. So I think that sounds about right. And then I guess five years, um, it'd be getting getting deeper into uh, the technology of building and uh, getting deeper into the net zero, the, the ways to have a more global impact that can affect more and more people um, and the environment, right? I, I think it's like now wellness, we focus on people and the next step would be focusing on the environment, which in turn helps more people. So. Yeah. Yeah. I love that, man. It's a bright future. Thanks. And taking in sunrise, midday and sunset as well. Um, what a what a fabulous practice. To, uh, I've, it's been spinning in my mind while we've been talking. Um, how do you do that for all your people that, um, you know, maybe in your family, but also um in your like office how do you get to uh, like i'm a, i'm the the worst at just sitting at my desk and just doing things you know constantly but i must say my office um has glass windows right across it with trees straight outside and it looks you know maybe i don't know five miles less than five miles down to the coast and over the the sea and stuff so it is a, a very, very, very beautiful um, and privileged uh, space to work from. Um, you know, it's, yeah, very, very lucky, very, very blessed. And that, um, not everybody's going to get that, but they're going to get something. Like I would be just as happy if I was in a, in a redwood forest, you know. Oh, yeah. um, in fact, I'd probably be even happier. Um, it's that, that kind of thing as me as well. So then, you know, or being close to the beach or being close to some point of nature or a park or whatever, but yeah, it's taking the time to actually engage in it's the other thing. That's going to be my little, my little tip and <laughs> for myself from our chat is how am I going to take time to, to engage in it, to take, you know, 10 minutes out to take, to make the most of it. Yeah. I think that's also like something that everyone can do. Like everyone is currently sitting somewhere in space and just take a second and like close your eyes and focus on one thing natural. Like, is there a bird chirping or is, is, I don't know. There's, there's gotta be something. Is, is there wood at your feet or something you can really focus on for 30 seconds to take your mind off life. That's going to heal you and people should yeah. take breaks and do that. And they can start now. Yeah. I love that, man. That's awesome. Corey, thank you so much for that, buddy. I really, really appreciate your time. Really appreciate you coming on Talk Design. And I'm looking forward to uh, obviously chatting more, but also seeing you play out this, um, those goals and you know, it's spreading, making such a difference, helping other people thrive. I think it's a beautiful mission with architecture, create space for other people to thrive in and you know, in turn, they will create spaces for other people as well. So thank you so much for joining me. Yeah. Really appreciate it. We will post all your socials and stuff, as say, on talkdesign.show, um, and people will be able to find Corey there. And, uh, Corey, what's your website? 
Tell yeah, us it's walks-studio.com. Walks-studio.com. Cool. People, go and look them up and uh, reach out. It'd be great. Yeah. Corey, thank you, buddy. You're welcome. Thanks, Adrian. Appreciate it. Cheers, man. Cheers. Richard's Magic Arrows is brought to you by the Architect Marketing Institute. Clean, simple, sugar-free magic arrows that hit the mark for fast results. Let's fire a magic arrow into this week's problem. Now, I know feed pressure is one of the biggest things facing designers. It doesn't matter what level you're at. There is no one golden bullet for it. Uh, if it was, it was probably select the right type of clients. But if you're in a situation where you're being pressured on fees, I'm going to give you a way of dealing with it. And it's by asking, say, three questions. And this is called takeaway selling. So this is where you kind of offer something up and then you take it away and see if they follow you. It's almost like imagine if you had some hot ch chocolate cookies and you had a plate full of them. You put them in front of them, someone and then they went to reach out and then you, you pulled it away and you see if they get up and follow you. It's that type of thing. So this is called takeaway selling. So the first question you ask, you say, well, why don't you just leave the situation as it is? Why, why make the change? That's an unusual thing for a designer to say. Well, why not just leave it as it is? And see how they answer. And then you might say, why did you want to speak to me? Why did you not get someone else? And see if they follow you. See if they answer properly. And the third question would be, well, why not do it later? Now, by asking these negative questions, you're going to get a lot more information out of someone than by trying to convince them to do it. Because by pulling the plate of hot cookies away, they're either going to react or they're not. And if they do react and give you answers and explain why it's important, then what they're doing is telling you how important something is. Now, while these magic arrows are great for fast results, when you're ready to run better quality projects from clients who value great design and are prepared to pay great fees, I've got a special training just for you. Go to archmarketing.org forward slash talk design. Take your magic arrow and fire at will.